Attention passengers, today on Strangers on a Podcast, we have a classic slasher from 1982, a little puzzler of a movie that contains a chainsaw, a waterbed, and plenty of gratuitous marching band music. Join us, won't you? And welcome to the movie car here at Strangers on a Podcast. I'm the conductor, and with me is... I'm Grim Weed. And also with us is... Hi, my name is uh, Holly Storm. And we're very glad to have you. Welcome to you both. Thank you for being here. We're called Strangers on a Podcast because we're two guys, and today one girl, who don't know each other, and we're talking about movies to see how they bring people together. Are we going to drive each other nuts? Are we going to curse and scream one another out? Are we going to stay on topic? I think we all know we're not. No, we're not. And today we are talking about uh, one of the great slasher films of the 80s. We are talking about 1982's Pieces. Well, I guess if you think it's a great movie, then that's what matters. It's a, I said great slasher film, not great movie. Okay, I guess if you think it's a great slasher film, then that's all that matters. That is my opinion. You're entitled uh, to it. Indeed, I am. And you are entitled to an opinion of my opinion. And you could say right now <laughs> that my opinion is garbage if you wanted. Well, we'll get to that. All righty then. Uh, pieces from 1982, uh, his original title in Spanish was Mil Gritos Tiene la Noche, or The Night Has 1,000 Screams, directed by Juan Piquer Simon, with his normal cameraman Juan Marin. It was written by Dick Randall and John Shadow, with uncredited work by the director. Uh, Dick Randall, the writer, he also wrote jokes for Milton Berle. He wrote The French Sex Murderers and provided the original story for Lady Frankenstein, which was sampled in Rob Zombie's Living Dead Girl. He died in 1996 at the age of 70. He also produced the picture, though. He also produced pieces. Uh, John Shadow, uh, who helped write things just as well every day. Then I flush them. I can't. I can't hear you that well, Graham. I I think you need to. I I said I I produce things just as well every day, and and then I flush them. Well, you're you're like you're like a film studio, like who you know just puts a lot of money into something to make it a tax write off in a way. No, it's more. um, in, In my opinion, this movie's a piece of shit. Fair enough. Uh, John Shadow was actually a pseudonym for Robert Loy- Roberto Loyola, who was known mainly as a producer for working in Giallo films. He went bankrupt financing Mario Bava's Rabid Dogs from 1974. He died in 2000. Uh, J.P. Simon did a few exploitation flicks before Pieces, and we could go on to a lot more, and he would go on to a lot more, apparently leaving the business around 2001 before dying in 2011 at the age of 75. Editor Antonio Gimento previously worked had previously cut planet of the vampires in 1965 for mario baba before we get into the stars of the picture i'm just gonna let's well we fine. should I say I to a, begin with though that the director of this movie was kind of a skis ball he was a skis ball he did not really care much for any of the female performers it was all about how can we get them naked as much as possible as well as according to some reports he had firsthand knowledge that all of the breasts in the movie were real somehow somehow all he said was to take his word for it uh well it's not unheard of for a young up-and-coming actress to sleep with the director and when you're uh, trying to get ahead in the business now then there's also Natasha Kinski who uh who's famous for uh, not this movie her, all of her directors Sorry? Not this movie. Not this movie. Not in this movie. What did you think of it, Hallie? Um, I really had to think about it in the lens of a movie made in the 80s because I found it a little difficult. To watch. It was it was hard to hold my attention a little bit. Um, 
it it didn't really hold my attention for a lot of it. It kind of felt a little jumpy on some parts. I felt like some characters weren't exactly explained properly. Like they were just random, like, oh, you're just there to be there. Indeed. Um, and have a few lines and stuff. And, and then get chainsawed. Or stabbed on a waterbed. Yeah, bed. that too. It was just, yeah, it was just kind of uh, all over the place. The uh, Some of it felt, I mean, cheesy, but that's most 80s movies feel pretty cheesy when it comes down to it. They can. And that was one of the great things about the 80s. They could uh, they could, they could, make these bad movies with a straight face, I think. So which one of us is going to draw the short straw and be the one that actually has to start out telling what this movie's really about? Well, I assume that was me. Okay, well then, what, what is this piece of shit movie all about? Well, Pieces <laughs> is about uh, uh, somebody with a chainsaw on a college campus who is cutting up co-eds to make a jigsaw puzzle person to possibly replace their dead mother who they dismembered as a child okay and it is about the investigation into catching the killer the worst investigation ever not a very good investigation yeah and and how much of this movie are we going to reveal in in our talk this time because you know sometimes we go into it and sometimes we just don't like killer clowns we didn't really talk about the movie other than i mean we talked about it but we didn't really run through the movie like we normally do well, there's not really much to run to run through. I think it's a slasher movie. There's a there's a killer roaming this college campus, and uh, everyone's up for grabs. It's you know, as you watch the movie, you see people violently dismembered with a chainsaw. You also see a, a fair amount of uh, female nudity, and that is what the movie is about, and that's what the movie is. Well, on the DVD cover, it even promotes this movie as having gratuitous nudity. Indeed, it does. But I was thinking more like, okay, so the movie starts out with a kid putting a puzzle together. His mom comes in, sees that it's a puzzle of a naked woman, freaks the fuck out. Yes. Um, slaps him around a bit, destroys his room, and says, get a plastic bag because I'm going to burn all this. Which, why a plastic bag? But still, get a plastic bag. She's going to burn all his n- naughty books and whatever he's got. Uh, the kid comes back in the room and With an hacks axe. her to bits. Hacks her to right, right then and there. Uh, he hides in his closet. The neighbor comes in with some police because she's been knocking at the door and no one's answered. And they find his mom's head in the closet, him crying in his other closet, talking about the man and some big man. Like, okay, someone came in and did this. And the kid gets away with it. Indeed he does. Smart little bastard. Little stinker. That's what I call him. Uh, poor investigation skills. Very. Um, well, it was taking, all it, around. It was 1942. They didn't know how to fingerprint, or they didn't suspect children back then. Yeah. Well, they did know how to fingerprint, but back then you had to do it with a mic with a with a. It, it was a lot glass. more laborious process. It yeah. wasn't yeah, done near as often, but I would be willing to bet with a murder scene like that, they probably would have done something. I would have bet that the maybe the little jerk would have known to wipe his prints off or something. He seemed like he seemed like he had that he had that uh, murder dismemberment planned out a little bit. Well, uh, yeah, that and the cops didn't seem to like care. Yeah, they just kind of like opened the door and like, oh yeah, no gloves or anything. Well, we should also say that this movie was a collaboration between Spanish, American, and was it Puerto Rican or Portugal? I can't remember. I think it was Portugal, but it was a collaboration between the three. It was filmed in Spain for financial reasons, but set in Boston 
It had some Spanish actors, it had some American actors, but every single person's line is dubbed. Even the American actors speaking English dubbed their lines. So when you see the American actors talking and they're saying words in English and you could read their lips knowing, okay, well, that's what he said. The audio is still off. Yes, that's a common uh, the- that's a common way to film in Europe where they don't uh, they just don't record sound live on, on the set. They don't roll sound and everybody goes in and does their lines in ADR. That's how they did. That's how they've done hundreds of classic Italian movies. That's how they did. Well, yeah, uh, but a lot of those bad, were done that way specifically because they were being done for different markets. And this was for an international market. But still, if you're doing something in English, at least have the English speakers that that are saying their lines in English. Leave that. But no, everything's dubbed. No, you don't. So that is sound. something you have to get used to when you're when you're watching the movie. But then after this whole thing, we go forty years later at a nondescript Boston college. You know, you're, you're completely jumping over most of my script I wrote. Well, I can't see your script, so how should I know? I know, you know. It's like I wrote it. Anyway, Will Stinker singing Humpty Dumpty to himself in a loop and putting together a picture of a puzzle of a nude woman. And who was this nude woman? IMDb says it was Pilar Alcon, but other sources say other sources say that she played Kendall's lover Mary later in the picture. I can't say. But the mom ha- really has a bad reaction to her son making this puzzle. Yeah, and, and I think I said that. And she clearly had a right to be worried. Her kid was an absolute maniac, and she found out way too late, didn't she? She might have been part of the reason he was. Yeah, yes. I, I'd say she would be more the reason than anything Maybe. else. Apparently, though, she should have been on the eye out for him being crazy way sooner. I mean, it looked like he was pretty. she was pretty shocked to look up and see the kid coming at her with an axe. Well, yeah, but how do we know there was any signs other than the kids got a puzzle of a naked woman? We have nothing... To base the fact that she should have known. We have nothing to base I'm guessing by that point, yeah. She probably hadn't pinned him for the axe murderer type. Or or maybe she had, and she didn't think he would go for it. Or maybe she was so mad about the puzzle that she let her guard down when she really shouldn't have. Either way, it probably would have been for the best to let the little stinker have his nude puzzle. It didn't end well for either of them when she tried to take it away. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, but I think I've said before, you find out things too late, and you can't know these things are going to happen before they happen. Yes, 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 yes. Cause and effect. And how many serial killers throughout the years have you heard neighbors or friends say, I never would have thought he didn't seem that type? What is the type? So this kid could have been perfectly normal and shown no signs until suddenly this happened. Again, I think he was the type. I wonder if everybody was like, when, when they caught Ed Gein, they were like, oh, yeah, Ed Gein. Yeah, he talked about some weird stuff sometimes. That's because most people think of a sociopath instead of an actual psychopath. I don't know. Because the sociopaths are the ones who don't have any social skills, where your psychopath tends to have the social skills. Yeah, it's a, diff- it's a matter of they know the difference between right and wrong and care well not care but they know the difference between right and wrong and they know what they should and shouldn't do or they know the difference and just could care less i've heard there's a distinct lack of empathy with people who are sociopaths yeah and though they can't get their feelings hurt lack of being able to i think emphasize not emphasize um uh, words empathy no yeah Uh, that's what i heard they don't yeah it sounded right to me but you know words are hard sometimes Words are so difficult sometimes. Just ask the guy um, that keeps stumbling over a hard word that just could easily be said as filmography. Oeuvre. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. 
one day I'll look it up. Uh, but one thing about that room, though, it's it's set in the as we see from the little you know line there on the bottom of the screen or whatever it says uh, this is going to 1942, mm-hmm. and we see a Patriots right uh, New the middle of the screen, Boston pennant. 1942. Yeah, and it's and you know what does the kid have on his wall? It's a New England Patriots pennant. Okay. Well, uh, the Patriots weren't formed wasn't around until 59 and their first season wasn't until 1960. So it's clear we're in some alternate universe. Okay. I guess we're apparently the, the Patriots were a team in 1942. I don't know. And Tom Brady was alive and well back then. Yeah, probably not. Um, so anyway, now that we've gone through this whole killing his mom thing, we're now 40 years later, 40 years later, it's 1982. And the new England does have a pro football team. And some random woman is going downhill on a skateboard into a giant mirror. A, a comedy classic. That's the, you could say that straight from Three Stooges. You, you could, but I won't. I don't think I don't think there are any skateboard bits in Three Stooges. Yeah, I'm Maybe thinking probably not. Trucks. Um, so yeah, we we have that, and now what? What was it? It was straight to some woman laying on the grass. While Willard, studying. yeah, study. She's trying to study innocently in the grass. Well, groundskeeper and, uh, Willie's round. Willard, no, ground, groundskeeper Willie's not there. No, it's Willard, the yeah. groundskeeper, played by groundskeeper Willie. No, he was played he, by you Paul just said L. Smith. Willard, and is a groundskeeper. Yeah, it's the same guy that Paul that L. Smith as Willard, the burly groundskeeper. He played Bluto in Robert Altman's Popeye. That's what I just he said. He played Raban in David Lynch's uh, Dune. He played Falcon in Red Sonja. He was in Chips, Wonder Woman, Barney Miller, TV credits going back to the 60s. Yeah, and he, uh, he can't Paul act, L. Smith. but either way, he wasn't there. Why Why can't he can't, Why can't? can't he act? At least in this movie. I thought he could. He, what was he supposed to be doing? Was he supposed to be teaching you how to raise your kids? He's playing a groundskeeper on a college campus. Who it always has this weird smirk on his face. It's just, yeah, it's just a weird. Anyway. Girl gets beheaded in broad daylight on the campus lawn. Yes. And the deed says they have to call it an unfortunate accident. Yeah, because, you know, women accidentally cut their own heads off with chainsaws all the time. Apparently. I mean. Ellie, you've probably encountered that a few times with your female friends. Sorry, certain secrets aren't allowed to be talked about. See, and uh, that's what. Oh, it's a female problem. That's what it is. Oh, I could just lose my head over these shoes. Yeah, and and she did. That's how Sally yeah, went you know, out. If your head wasn't screwed on tight, you'd lose it too. I I know for a fact that's true about me. Anyway, so yeah, she I gets mean, beheaded yeah, was, in the middle of the day. And the dean wants to tell her parents that she had an accident. Sorry, she was beheaded. How much by of this way, movie were we going to spoil, by the way? The head was destroyed. Yes, it was a studying accident. She was studied and things went bad. It was a very bad yes, paper out cut. Lawn, not in the library. That, that book was just too much. It was a bad paper cut. It's the 80s. Safety regulations who? Yeah, don't you know you're supposed to put one of those big padded neck braces on when you're reading books when you're laying on the lawn? That keeps your head from falling down over the pages. That That's why ebooks were invented, because so many paper cut beheadings. Makes sense to me. Yeah, it was Isn't called, that why they're doing book bans anyways? I think it's so. Carpal Too neck many paper syndrome. cut behead, beheadings. It's hard to be woke when you have no head. And we don't get into politics. <laughs> or we do, but then he cuts them out. Yep. So, yeah, moving on from that. Um, so... Yeah, After she's beheaded she in the middle of the day. Off. Dean's not wanting to have any of that shit. And the Dean is played by Edmund Purdom. And we will say in the very beginning, the kid was sent off to live with an aunt because his dad was in Europe. With the Air Force. And so far, the Dean is the only one with an English accent. Edmund Purdom plays Dean Foley. 
Purdom was a former English heartthrob who was famous for Bible epic epics before slumming it and making slashers and B-movies. Genre fans might remember him from Joe D'Amato's Absurd and Ator the Fighting Eagle, which I believe was on MST3K. And then Don't Open Till Christmas, which Purdom also directed. He was in Jess Franco's The Sinister Eyes of Dr. Orloff and Ovidio Asinitis' Beyond the Door. He worked in TV and film up until 2001, and he died, sadly, in 2009. He played Dean Foley in this, even though the credits are just say he was the Dean. We also meet a lot of characters who are a lot of the actors in this that, that scene where uh, the cops show up and they're talking to the Dean. We meet Christopher George as Lieutenant Brecken, who's one tough cop. Oh, and George and did by the way, it should also be noticed, not only is every line dubbed, not only is the Dean the only one with an English accent, he is the only one with an accent. This movie is in Boston. There's not one Boston accent to be found. No, there's not, because people with Boston accents don't go to college. Yeah, because you know, they, it's not like any of the staff or anybody would have a New England accent at all. First of all, the, if, if you got a Boston from Saudi accent, you don't go to college. You go to you, you have to work in the lumber yards down there in uh, in Greensburg. You, you, you ain't got no uh, chances of getting out of Saudi in, 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 in workings and uh, working in Harvard. Okay, and for no, everybody from Boston, I apologize. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, how many people here have seen Goodwill Hunting? I've seen it. It's a good movie. And I was Ms. thinking, Ellie, have you seen it? Maybe. All right. Well, I'm just saying there there is a class disconnect between the people who go to Harvard and the people who live around Harvard. And yet, it wouldn't be out of the question for our staff or any of the students, anybody at all, to have a Boston, Boston accent, including the cops. In fact, this movie you're talking does about not class disconnect and the college. The cops don't even have Boston accents. So no, they do not. Yeah, there's no Boston accent to be found in this movie in Boston. All right, let's. All right, I, I, I see. I get this impression <laughs> that I'm going to have to explain things to you a, a little bit about what the appeal is of pieces, because uh, you two just don't seem to get it. Yeah, I don't. Now you see, back in the 70s, long time ago. Yeah, this was not in 70s. This was 82. I know. We're going back farther than that. Oh, we're going back to the 70s. Back in the 70s, they had these things called Giallo pictures. Oh, yeah. And this was heavily of- inspired by Giallo. And you can see the influence. But yet, this movie was still shit. They had these Giallo pictures that were like mystery pictures with uh, incredibly graphic murder scenes and wonderful cinematography. This movie isn't one of them. Indeed, it is not. Now, out of Giallo and out of American exploitation pictures, there came a, a child, a child that was born from Giallo and, and exploitation, a, a new subgenre, a subgenre that was reviled in its time. It was called The, the End of Cinema. This and that movie is subgenre what was The Slasher. Now, maybe we all know about slasher movies. Maybe we all know that there are classic slasher movies like. Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween. Psycho. But these are the safe slashers. These are the ones that you could you could find those at Blockbuster. You could find this at Blockbuster. Maybe you could, maybe you couldn't. Blockbuster didn't have an adult section. This isn't an adult movie. Well, it kind of is. I don't think you'd let your kids watch it. No, because I'd let my kids watch good movies. Anyway, what the slasher did... Oh, just was wait threw- till we get to the part where what would you change? I got pages. <laughs> and we got we got some very interesting movies that came out in during the slasher boom, which lasted from around 1975 to 1985. That are better now, than this. 
yes, many of them were better. But Pieces stands on its own as a kind of as a kind of example of what not to do. There is that. <laughs> you but don't it also film a movie on its own in the middle of, of winter in Madrid and tell a woman to go into the pool topless when the water is just below freezing and say, yeah, just swim around for a while. Because, you know, she might just die. And the actress in this movie almost did. Damn it, she looked great doing it. Oh, she looked great, but she almost died of hypothermia. That was Christina Cottrelli. She was never in another movie again. That would make why. me quit. There's Christina Cottrelli. She al- she might also be known as Roxana Nieto. And she plays Susan, who is, uh, you know, she's, she's the hottie in the library who tells Kendall that she wants to fuck underwater. And he goes to meet her at the pool. Like She goes to meet her. I think she, she goes, goes to meet him to at the, the pool. pool and, and then he, he gets called away because her. of a note from the dean. She strips down her panties to swim while waiting for him. Because they're going to do it in the water. Which, well, doesn't work. You know, how, how can water make it dry? Anyway. Yeah, anyway. We're nine minutes into this movie. And we have our second kill. Our first kill was at two minutes. And that was the mom. Pieces nine occupies minutes in, a special second place. kill of a topless woman in a pool. Yes. Third kill, technically, isn't it? Yes, after the mom. Um, there's the mom, mom the, the beheading. Girl. Oh, yeah, the girl was the a third because the second one was the girl on the lawn getting her head chopped off. And then this one was... In broad daylight by a man with a chainsaw. Yeah, this one was the pool where she stripped off in front of like the largest windows you could find. She just had to stand there and get naked to a saxophone playing... If it was some stripper music. Yeah. I was gonna say if this was anything else, I'd say it it was just setting up a porn movie, but no, this is supposed to be a a slasher. Pieces occupies this special place between exploitation and and horror that is just pure sleaze and pure gratuitousness and pure crap. Uh unintentional comedy. And that's what makes Pieces a great movie. It's 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 well, not a great movie. No, but by, by any means. But it does make it its its own unique little time capsule from what it where it was and what was going on. It was it was a, a product of a director who clearly didn't have any morals. Some write, some writers who were writers who just came up with a bunch of sicko jokey kills and uh, in a college campus and and just threw it together in a with a bare bones story and and gosh darn it. I love it. Okay. so I can watch pieces our, all the time. We, we've had our third kill. We've had our third kill. We're going to go with the full synopsis through the whole movie? No. Because I said she, right, she went swimming, and now we've had a kill. I didn't say how. I didn't say any of that. I'm just saying she, we've had our third kill. What did you think of the third kill, Hallie? Um, I thought she was extra dumb because she's sitting on the side of a pool, and she could have just rolled right in. Yeah. Well, and it didn't and help I, that I she really could have how, like, uh, gone under, out of that net. But no, she had to, you know, that, yeah, do the I, whole... I mean, that could be... I can understand where the net might bother someone, like, in an actual setting where uh, you had a, a large pool net put over your head like that, and you just came up from underwater. That's going to be disorienting, especially if you're one of those people who has to, like, wipe their face or something, you know, before you open your eyes because you're extra sensitive to water or something. But really just sitting there while someone comes at you, clearly with the intent to kill you, and then you just truly just roll into the pool well no instead she had to arch her back to you know present her naked flesh even better some people do freeze up during threats it's uh there's fight flight and freeze yes uh, it's just uh, a very special type of 
freeze that uh, women get with those older horror movies. It's ridiculous. It wasn't. It's it's not supposed to be realistic. It's just that's the thing. It's the, let's throw the beautiful girl in the pool and then we'll have her get cha- chopped up with a chainsaw. There's a purity of intention in that. I say. Well, there, as long as we're talking about pure intent, um, there's some, well, maybe there's some questions that come up after this because the next thing we see is groundskeeper Willie coming in with some hedge clippers, noticing a bloody chainsaw. And he grabs that. Now he has blood on his hand, which, interestingly enough, was the only scene that he agreed to do with blood because he was completely against it. The only reason he did this movie was as a favor to a friend. Um, he was not a fan of horror movies, but he, like I said, favor a friend, so a favor to a friend. So he agreed to do this. So we have, and he was not. Uh, he was not bringing his A game. No, you could say. I, I think I said that earlier when I said he can't act in this movie. Um, I thought he did fun, but yeah, so he gets blood on his hands and now we see the guy that was supposed to come in and meet the naked swimmer, see him with the bloody chainsaw. Kindle played by Ian Sarah. Ah, yes. The man whore of the movie. Yes. He freaks out because he thinks groundskeeper Willie did it. Groundskeeper Willie's freaking out because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He goes to run cops catch him. Then we meet a whole other group of people including another professor with no accent who now has to go and handle all the evidence. That professor is played by Jack Taylor. Uh, Jack Taylor was working his latest 2014. He's a character actor appearing in all sorts of genres, his whole career going back all the way to the late 50s. He did uncredited work as a slave in Elizabeth Taylor's Cleopatra. Uh, genre fans might remember him best from his movie, from this movie, maybe Conan the Barbarian, where he played a priest. He worked with Jess Franco's 1970s Dracula. He was in Franco's X-rated Eugenie. He was in other trashy movies like The Vampire's Night Orgy and The Tender and Perverse Emmanuel, which was neither a Sylvia Christel or a Laura Jimser Emmanuel. Uh, most recently, people might remember him from Roman Polanski's The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp. Uh, he's still alive, contributed to the pieces audio commentary on the Blu-ray. Okay. That's Jack Taylor playing Professor Arthur Brown in this movie. Okay. That was the anthropologist professor, correct? Anatomist. Oh. Yeah, he was the anatomy Obviously. professor. He had a skull on his desk, and he and he and he showed the skull to the cop, and the cop was like, "I'd like to see this student who gave you this skull." Oh, this was years ago. That's that's funny. I actually gave a teacher a skull once. Was it a real skull that you had? Yes. It was a real human skull. Yes. Where did you get a real human skull? Um, we found it in uh, my grandmother's garage. That um the workshop that had belonged to my step-grandfather when she was moving out of her condo. He had already passed. He had already been passed away for years at this point. And uh, he was uh, ex-cop, ex-firefighter. The questions that would raise. Yeah. What was um, the skull doing in the garage? Supposedly, it because it had a hole drilled through the top, it sounded like it might have been something that they took from a bar. You know, it, it, he was a cop boy probably you know back when these movies around that time frame so it's not surprising that they took home weird stuff but it was kind of amusing because i remember specifically because i wasn't down there helping i'd had a headache and i was trying to lay down and i heard a scream from downstairs and so i was like oh okay i walked down there my grandmother's laughing so hard she's almost peeing herself and my mom's horrified but also laughing because she had literally just told my grandmother better not find nothing dead in here 
and opened a box and there was a human skull. That sounds like an eventful garage cleaning. And they, there was no impulse to call the police and be like, oh, uh, we need this identified or anything like that? No, that's because it sounded like my grandmother knew what it was from. Because that's why I was like, oh, yeah, the bar and something from police work. Okay. Yeah. Weird, random stories. Yeah. Like like I said, the the questions that would raise in, in my head, especially just... Okay, yeah, Grandma, you're saying that's where it's from, but um, I mean, knowing <laughs> the area that he policed in, I'm I'm not surprised. So, not that surprised for it. Ended up giving it to a, an anatomy teacher. Well, I'm oh, gonna bet, bet though that he was not the kind of cop that would just let someone come in and start randomly handling evidence. Oh, well, probably not. <laughs> And these cops, I mean, they did say, you know, don't touch this stuff after he's already started to touch things. Yeah, you may have just ruined evidence. And that cop was played by Christopher George as Lieutenant Bracken, who is one tough cop. He always got a cigar in his mouth. He's always like, oh, see here, pal. He's, he's kind of got that gravelly voice. Yeah, he kept asking uh, George, for a light or matches or something, and everybody's like, oh, no, don't, don't smoke. Nope. Uh, George did a lot of horror in the latter part of his career, including Graduation Day, Mortuary, and City of the Living Dead, before dying rather young at 52, a little over a year after Pieces came out. And he was also sort of Vanna White's uncle. But didn't he also go out with another star from this movie, or married to a star? He was married to uh, Linda Day, who is in actuality Linda Day George. She was she plays Mary Riggs, the tennis star slash detective that later in the movie. played tennis. Who could not play tennis? No. Uh, this is and this is the second movie we've had where the, that had an extended tennis scene in our uh, in our films yep. we've watched. I noticed that. You're welcome. Ah, you love that tennis scene from the other movie. Yeah, I don't know which one was more painful. At least one of the tennis scenes in this one had some music, though I didn't need almost six minutes of it on a loop. But that's a whole other story. Linda Day was uh, famous as a regular on the Mission Impossible TV show. She was also in Mortuary with. Uh, Christopher George came out the same year as Pieces. She was on Benson with Robert Guillaume. She was in Beyond Evil with John Saxon. Uh, Christopher George and Linda Day were a husband and wife duo. And having met in the 60s and marrying in 1970, uh, they shared credits on tons of TV shows and movies. Okay. Yeah. It was a happy couple. Yeah, not so much in this movie. And uh, the, the other cop, that was Frank Branagh. He was in. Um, he was a frequent collaborator with this director, and he did a ton of westerns. He did some uncredited stuff for Sergio Leone. Okay. He died in 2012, though. Well, I guess he won't be in anything else anymore, then. No, he won't, sadly. So, back to the movie. And what a movie it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think... Completely y- over the top. That's what this movie's about. <sighs> I think it definitely, if you look at it from a being an over-the-top style, then yeah, that's exactly what it is about. Overreaction to literally everything. I mean, look, there's a scene in this movie... Where and this is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Okay, is the girl the walks up to the knife elevator. Bends? No, yeah, oh, I, I, yeah, the, yeah, that knife really bent. Um, like, yeah, he stabs her in the back of the head, and you just see the whole knife just fold. I, I did actually laugh at that part. It was probably the only yeah. part I laughed at was when that knife went through the front of her face. Uh, just the the ridiculousness of like the two different kill methods, though, was mm. kind of most people stick to one. That is true. But look, I, I I love this movie because, look, it the girl walks up to the elevator door. She's been running because, okay, apparently there's a dance studio in this 
college mm-hmm. and it's buried inside a maze of corridors that you have to like go up and down three sets sets of stairs mm-hmm. and then go through a through a hallway and another hallway and another hallway and then you can get to the place where the elevator is yeah it, and? just to and you know instead of like you know just maybe taking all those stairs you went down just take them all the way to the ground floor no you go somewhere with an elevator because you know that's part of the journey have you it's, not been to some of these old east coast I've read colleges stories about I read stories about some old colleges where people were like, if you don't know it, you'll get if you're lost. pretty much not a senior in that building, you're very likely to get lost. I worked security in an old East Coast college and trying to remember how to get from one spot to another just to go and lock the doors. It took me a while before I could go in alone just because I would get lost. Well, then there, that was something incredibly realistic about the movie that you say was completely unrealistic. I'm not saying the movie was completely unrealistic. I'm saying the movie was completely crap. It was crap, but it was wonderful crap because this is the thing. Uh, The girl who has just gone through this whole East Coast uh, tradition, apparently, of escaping the corridors of the college to get to a a gathering point or an elevator. Mm -hmm. Okay. She goes there and she she takes the long way to get there. Here's a gloved hand that appears off screen and it opens the elevator and she's like, oh, thank you. And she gets in the elevator and the, the killer follows her into the elevator with the chainsaw behind his back, mm-hmm. behind his back, just holding the chainsaw. Yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. It was. And then I was like, she didn't see it when he walked in. She didn't see the chainsaw. And then. And then it shows them in the elevator. You see the killer's hand go and hit the stop button. And she's like, what? Why are you doing that? And then he turns on the chainsaw, which has apparently been down at his down at his thigh level in front of her at that point, turns on the chainsaw and slashes her arms off. Very Monty Python-ish. It is. It's Monty Python. Tis, tis but a scratch. Tis but a scratch. Yeah, that's when I saw it, the first thing that went through my mind was that. It looked like the Black Knight scene and had the blood gush just like it and everything. It just did not end up the same. This movie was a hit because it was a crowd pleaser. Now, when people went to see this movie, they, w- they were expecting uh, just something completely over the top, and they were expecting something that was hilarious. So it, the the original distributor of the movie like had some sincere doubts about this movie. Because the movie was such crap, he said, I'm not distributing this. It'll be a bomb. And then the di- Either one of the producers or the director said, watch it with an audience. And the audience in, in the distributor did see it with an audience. And the audience were laughing their heads off at the movie and having a great time. I will say and this is, is a, a movie kind of, that you have to, in order to get something good out of it, you almost have to watch this with a group of people. So you're all just making fun of it together or else the whole time you're sitting there, it's like, what the fuck am I watching? Watching it completely over the top, balls to the wall. 80s slasher movie that is very old school. That's that's what you're watching. Okay. Have you ever have you well, ever seen the Toolbox Murders? Yeah, and that was better than this. Yeah, it was, um, I but mean, we're 45 minutes in, and we've just got to what kill number four or five. Halloween, Maniac, Pieces, The Toolbox Murders, The Prowler, The Burning, My Bloody Valentine, Friday the Thirteenth, Sleepaway Camp, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Those are all. These movies. were the movies that made us, and Pieces was one of them. Sure, it's crap. But it's fun crap. Okay. Well, some people like playing with shit. Others don't. Well, that's just me. Um, but this this movie also, for some reason, decided that they were going to have a waterbed in the gym. As the workout room. 
And they foreshadowed that when the, all the students were standing around the hall, smoking weed and making jokes about Because pectorals. there's nothing better than smoking pot and having sex on a waterbed at the same time. Yeah. Delivered because in that's what, just the most awkward voiceover ADR bullshit way that you can imagine. That's a, I mean, look. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm 80s, shitting man. on your movie when people so much. Partied, I just, they partied. Sex on a waterbed with smoking joints. That's, that's what people did in the 80s. Well, I'm not saying that it w- couldn't be fun. I'm just saying that the way the line was done was just just as bad as everything else in this movie. But I I would be willing to bet somebody in their mind thought, there's got to be a way we can have a shit ton of blood for cheaper than what it would cost for that much fake blood. I know, what if we did a waterbed so we can dilute it and it just looks like a ton of be- a ton of blood? But how can we fit a waterbed into this movie? Well, hell, let's just put it in the gym. Well, I mean, it was pretty clear that they were just a bunch of horny young adults anyways. Wasn't there a whole scene where two two of them were just fucking out in the open against a tree? Yeah. There there was a little bit of that. Or they were about to. Yeah. No, I think they were. I I don't remember if they were. spying on them. I don't remember if they were having sex or just making out. I, I had a hard time paying that much attention to this. Well, I'm sorry you had to slow your brain down to to to, to this movie's level, Grim. Next time I'll recommend something much more cerebral. Oh no, I'm fine with just brain dead horror movies, but this wasn't even a brain dead horror movie that was something you could watch with uh, without like I said, a group of people to also make fun of it with you. I'm lucky that I have a group of people in my head who are there all the time. Yeah, the voices in my head aren't as nice. We've a, me and my best friend have established mine are all on permanent vacation. That does make it hard to have a conversation with them. Hmm? It does make it harder to have a conversation with them when they're all Oh, there's nobody on there working, so that explains a lot. That's what we say, at least. Good to know for future movies. Nothing that requires head voices. And another thing <laughs> I enjoy about the movie is Christopher George's performance. Now, I mean, he, maybe he's a respected actor, uh, but I, I find he's... for this movie. No, I I kind of find his acting to be like pure cheese. It's just the way he smiles and he, he speaks like paternally to like the, the Kindle guy saying, don't worry, kid, I trust you. We're going to get through this or something like that. And I it's thought like, that whole trusting him was ridiculous. It was. Yeah. I trust him with my life, Mary. I, be- I believe in this kid. And it's like, who th- you just met this guy. The, this cop meets this kid that by all rights should be a suspect yeah. and immediately puts him on the case, tells him about an undercover officer that they're putting on the, the campus and charges him with protecting this undercover officer. Because the undercover officer clearly can't protect herself because there's random Kung Fu maniacs walk roving around the campus. My God. Bruce Lee. That was Bruce Lee. I was going to say she, it was probably more of a, she's a pretty blonde woman in the eighties. Yeah. There's that too. Was it the director, I believe? He was also doing a Bruce Lee exploitation movie at the same time. And because of that, they had the other Bruce Lee with one E instead of two. Um, He just happened to be on the set. So like, oh, well, let's just put this scene in here. It will fit perfectly. So as she's walking around campus, suddenly she's attacked by the Kung Fu professor of the college. Professor Chow. Because, you know, you just suddenly need to have a kung fu professor just randomly attack somebody. Exactly. 
because it's a completely random. If you say so. But I just like Christopher George's performance. Like it's just a, in, and yes, Ms. Helly about the whole how he trusts the kid. I I trust him, Mary. I trust him. There's something about his performance just tickles me. Like the way he smiles, the way he confides in people, the way I don't know. He I I enjoy Christopher George's performance in this movie. Okay, well, for how cheesy it is. We've gone through uh, the waterbed, all that stuff. And I will say, you know, the kill on the waterbed with the blade coming out the mouth, that was a cool shot. It was done better in House by the Cemetery. But it still wasn't enough to make the, the worth watching for that shot. And another great thing. Another, another, another hilarious great thing. thing? In this movie. I'm waiting for the first yeah. great thing. Another hilarious aspect of the movie uh, is when, when you guys were talking about they call in the anatomist professor. And uh, do you remember what they had to ask him? Which time? What the, when, when they, they said, brought in the like anatomist professor to see this? the chain. Yeah, d- yeah, exactly. The cops are asking, well, we just found this chopped up body. And the room has a bloody chainsaw in it. Professor, could you tell us if that chainsaw could cut up her body that way? It's like, what do you think did it? It's well, like she could have been chopped up with something else. And, and then the chainsaw, the chainsaw was, was used to chop up other parts or something. It could have be that the chainsaw was used to kill, but something else was used to chop the parts up. It's a ridic- It was a ridiculous question to have to ask. You walk oh, in and, and find anything dead else. Make, there, is, there is one thing in this movie that makes sense. Which is? It is when the... The one girl pees herself out of fear when being hunted down by the dude with the chainsaw. That is the which only was, thing that makes sense. She's so scared she pees herself. Which was her actually peeing herself, from what I've heard. Sadly, she was she she lost it a little with the chainsaw coming at her on set, and she peed herself. And as luck would have it, they caught it on camera and they kept it in the movie. And that whole kill is when we have five minutes and forty nine seconds of marching band music playing on a loop. And uh, the girl in the locker room who peed herself, that was she was played by Leticia Marfil. Uh, she plays the tennis player who gives the camera full frontal before she gets in some bottoms to be sawed in half by the killer. Uh, I will say is, there are a lot of tits in this movie, and they're all nice young woman. ones. Beautiful so young woman. That. She was actually, she was the daughter of a wardrobe woman in the movie. And uh, Yeah, how awkward would the that war- be? The wardrobe woman, or... or or it was one of the makeup women. I forget. I believe it was, it was some somebody who worked on the movie had this daughter who they knew was beautiful, and they told the director that the daughter wanted to be in the pictures. So the director, of course, said, "Oh, great! I am looking for a beautiful young woman to be naked as I chainsaw her." Well, the dance or the dancer that got killed. The initial time we see the dancers, they were all supposed to be naked. He wanted them to they be all- doing that dance naked. Yes. And one uh, of and, them uh, was actual dancer. And she's like, yeah, no, that that's not how this is done. He can, or he was convinced to let them go ahead and wear their normal dance outfits. But some of them had said that they would be okay with doing it naked. So he's like, oh, well, in that case, let's let go ahead and put them in another down. movie. So the ones that yeah. were okay with doing the dancing naked ended up being naked in a different movie he did. Because, you know, if somebody's willing to do it, you might as well call them up to have them do it as much as you can, right? That is how an exploitation director makes his money, yes. It's disgusting. I think this movie is best known for three words. Well, one word. But said three times. And what it's just when, when, for some reason, she decides she's going to kill her microphone yelling, Bastards. Oh, God, yeah, bastards. Oh, yeah. Bastard! That was, and you can even hear the microphone crying out for help when when she's yelling it. 
Oh, yeah. That'll, I don't know how good of an actress she was, but that part's going to live forever. <laughs> it's, uh, as, long as, as long as the horror genre is alive and people are looking for really, really cheesy, sicko flicks to watch, uh, Bastard, Bastard, Bastard will always be around. I'd seen that clip pop up in reaction channels or reviews or even just like debunking channels. I've seen people throw that clip in as like so, somebody like a, will say some stupid shit or be mean or whatever, and they'll throw that in as as their comment. It's not even just horror. Like I said, it'll be like be debunking channels. There was a flat Earth debunking channel I saw that used that clip. Well, that's one great thing that came out of the movie then. On a quick backtrack, the woman who, um, the dancer, I'm, I'm not the only one who noticed that it seemed like she seemed aware already that someone was in the building with her because she started looking around a lot mm-hmm. when she was changing. Yeah. Well, she started, she like, started to feel uneasy and was rushing. Yeah. Yeah. And it looked like she was kind of ru- like she suspected she was being chased. Well, or I think she heard the music when she was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, hearing all that. Uh, well, and it, I was watching it, and that was the first thing that came to mind was, oh, she heard the music. Because the second the music st- starts is when all of a sudden her timing changes and she starts acting weird. And as the, the music was timed great to where as she's ramping up her nervousness, the music's ramping up. But it's just, it's kind of one of those where the music will do it just enough before her to where it's almost like that's her cue. He's like, okay, she's she's well, listening. We've we've established the audio sync is not the best. No, it, so it, you're you're right on that. But I I thought it was interesting that they uh she seemed to be the only one because if I was in her shoes in that kind of situation, there's no way in hell I'm turning off the lights. Like they can kiss my ass at that point. Yeah, just get the hell out of there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just leave the lights on. Maybe grab your clothes, but. Not necessarily take the t- time to oh, that sounded, fully dress. That sounded positively lecherous there, Graham. Well, she maybe was dressed. And I'm not yeah, saying that she was naked. In, she was already dressed. She was dressed in leotard. Um, you know, it, another unrealistic uh, thing about the dancer is uh, dancers are probably in better shape than, you know, the dancer was probably in better shape than the killer. So she probably could have brought her, you know, one of her high kicks up and <laughs> got him right in the chin or something. Um but, I think you're thinking that she was like, I don't know, smart, confident, maybe into martial arts or I don't know, not scared for her life. Yeah. They had a Kung Fu class at the college. Someone had to take it. Yeah. Well, well, we know someone did. It was the dude that's swinging dick around campus because every woman wanted to get with him. Mr. Kendall. Yeah. And you know what? It, speaking of the nudity in this film, which we weren't speaking of exactly, but uh, I thought we had. Well, we had mentioned it. Yes, uh, there is a lot of nudity in the film, but there's also male man nudity. Meat. So you know, it was a, there's there was at least some you know a little egalitarian spirit in the film. At least they threw a dick in there. Oh I yeah, mean, 15, 15 seconds of dick. Versus, yeah, which apparently they had like to three, ice down what, three, three three minutes, minutes of boobs. So, yeah, they, they had something. to ice it down because they took so long of him in that bed with that naked woman just trying to get everything right. He was a little too excited. So when he got out, they're like, oh, yeah, bring in the ice, calm him down a bit. Ian Sarah is a producer now. He produces uh, uh, movies out of Gibraltar uh, that are- So he produces um, movies from a rock. IMDb (laughs) said he's produced two movies called The Mount and The Mount 2. They're about his time in that bed. 
No. Uh, they're horror movies about, there's some sort of gothic horror movies. Oh. Uh, I've never. I I've was never just going by the name. It sounded right. It lists the country of origin as Gibraltar, which I, which to me, I said, isn't that a, ge- that's a geographical feature, not a country in and of itself, but uh, it says Gibraltar. So well, I, Rock of Gibraltar, it means yes, that the rock of it Gibraltar has to be the, the, somewhere. And I would assume that the Rock of Gibraltar would be in Gibraltar. But, you know, well, I'm I think a moron. That was in Spain. I thought that was in Spain. It was just part of Spain. I, I don't know. Again, like I said, I'm a moron. We've been through this. I'm a moron too. Madagascar is a country. I, did, I didn't think Gibraltar is. I'm looking I mean, it up my there's sea land, so. That's it. I'm looking it up on my phone. Gibraltar, country. So, out of curiosity, how much of this movie are we spoiling? Or are we going to just go ahead and spoil it all, but with a spoiler alert? Okay. British overseas territory on the southern tip of the Iberian Peninsula. Okay. So, it's a territory, not a city, not a country. Okay. Well, um, I, I think... I don't know if we should spoil it much because uh, if there is any fun to be had in the movie, it's at least maybe guessing, you know, who the killer is. Well, if that's the case, I think I already spoiled it. How did you do that? You bastard. In the bastard. Well, I said in the very beginning, the kid was sent off to his aunts and his dad was in Europe and the Dean's the only one with an accent. I thought the kid was sent off to his aunt to be raised by his aunt in America. No, he was sent off to his aunt because he couldn't just call and send him to the the dad because the dad was in Europe. So they had to send him somewhere to, in the meantime, to get him to his dad and a kid that age, send him to Europe. He's going to pick up an accent. Yeah, probably. I mean, you can jump to that conclusion, but also you can not jump to that conclusion. True. Well, I would like, what did you think of the bit where Kendall gets, uh, where the women of the campus get their revenge on Kendall in a set, in a sense. I think there was no reason whatsoever for that to be in the movie. I, I don't know. I kind of like, that's my opinion. I thought it was funny. I'm trying to remember. The very end. The final oh, jump scare. The v- oh, that? Yeah. When That's the hand jumps was? up. Yep. Yeah. I just really started at that, like, why even? That was the Frankenhore hand. You don't know they were all. No, I'm calling it that because that's what I'm assuming that he was going to use it for. Did you get any un- Did you get any doll creeps or uncanny valley creeps off the, the stitched together body, Heli? I thought the face looked weird. That's for sure. I don't mm. really have the uncanny valley problem with like people corpses or fake corpses necessarily, especially as someone who um, enjoys true crime documentaries and stuff. I don't know why like corpses don't necessarily bother me while dolls and stuff do, but you know, it is what it is when it comes to that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I thought it was like, it's like, Oh, that's an interesting way to do makeup i guess they're trying to go for a style of decomp or something yeah and uh i think they they, they changed the different made colors it look moldy like, yeah they made it look yeah. moldy. and it, and and it wasn't like weird. it wasn't like a decomp looking mold it was more like a i think they were trying to like go an for old frostbitten. <laughs> i think they were trying to go for frostbite because she was in a freezer or yeah, the body was sense. the part the parts were in a freezer yeah, it, it reminded me like either old bread or, you know, like if you you have fruit sitting in a bowl and you look at the one side and it looks fine and you pick it up and the other side's all furry. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminded me of. You look at the one side, okay, and then it fell down and you see the back and it's like, oh, that's that's a, a furry mold on the back. I mean, it makes sense that every piece is going to be in a different stage just based on the uh, different timings yeah. that he's getting the parts of the body. And I think there were probably more body parts than there were... Um, people we actually saw killed in the movie well that's that's uh, the thing too i don't think he took no. any 
I don't think he took any body parts off of the reporter when he got her on the waterbed. I think he just killed her. And no one ever found that body or investigated it either. As I rec- if I seem to recall the movie, no one, like she gets killed and then there's no, there's no scene where the cops are finding the body and they're like, and there's no bastard, bastard, bastard. There's, he got another one. What are we going to do now? This guy's driving us up a tree. And it's like, no, uh, they never found her. No. It just showed her get killed and, no- and nothing else. The tennis player was the legs. The uh, dancer was the arms. The yeah, swimmer yes. was the torso. The girl studying was the head. Yeah. So yeah, there would have been no parts that no parts taken from uh, the reporter. That was a kill just that was a kill just for the waterbed kill, like I was saying. That's the only reason for that. That was a kill because the killer didn't like somebody else snooping around and getting on his case. Hence killing on a waterbed. Because they could have left that character out completely. They could have indeed. She's barely and if, introduced. And if like it were a twice better movie, the movie, they would have, but they didn't because this is a bad movie and it's proud to be a bad movie. It, it's I just had the SpongeBob, I'm ugly and I'm proud moment play in my head. I'm ugly and I'm proud and I'm ugly and I can't do SpongeBob that well. Does SpongeBob sing that part or? He, no, he screams it in a movie theater. Oh. It's the stinky breath episode. Oh, okay. Where he, with the ketchup and onions, where he eats mm-hmm. nothing but ketchup? Okay. Patrick convinces him he's ugly. That's why mm. everybody dislikes him. So we're about, what, an hour and 10 minutes in or so? when we find out who the killer is in a weird roundabout way. We find out who the killer is when uh, they invite someone over for a cup of tea. Well, it, well no, no, they don't invite just them. Shows, just up. shows up. But we know mm-hmm. that the, the, the feet from the tennis player weren't the right size because he tried to put the shoes or on and the shoes, shoes fell off. So now he needs new feet. So yeah. with the next kill, when he's trying for the feet, he ends up failing and the seventh kill in the movie becomes our killer. Indeed. With a very cheap, unfortunately, uh, just sort of blood spot on the forehead to uh, not even a squib, just a spot of fake blood on the forehead. That's it. Um, then we get our final jump scare. Well, yeah, there's no boobs to put on display when he dies. Well, no, you got to hurry up and get through to that so you can get through the boobs as they fall out of the, the hidden compartment in the wall. Dead body boobs don't count. Yeah, they do. It's still no, they don't. naked flesh. It's just nope, painted nope, different. Sorry, listen here. If dead, if 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 it's if it's titillating to see dead boobs, then I've been watching Phantasm Two wrong for a long time because it's the, the fact of the matter is, is is like no, I I have to act if I'm watching a scene where it's like, oh look, a beautiful actress playing a dead body. It's like, okay, pervert, get your mind out of the gutter. This is a dead body, not a hot actress right here. It's like. I have. I, I'm sorry. You do I have a realize that, that she's not dead, though, right? Not the point. Not the point. Some people I, can't separate those things, though. I, 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 I can separate the things just fine. And that is very good. I the, the, the fact the fact of the matter is is I there there are five things I think nobody should do in this world, and one of them includes dead bodies. And the second is watch this movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> Five things. Five things that everybody, nobody should do. One, incest. Two, Two bestiality. Watch this movie. Three, playing with poop. Four, dead bodies. And I forget five. At the watch moment. this movie. Anybody under the anybody under the age of consent. yeah, uh, kids. 
kids. No kids, no incest, no uh, dead bodies, bestiality, or poop. And and we could all just get along. Okay. That is why when I watch a movie where a hot, a, a beautiful woman's playing a dead body, I think to myself, okay, pervert, get your mind out of the gutter. That's somebody's daughter, for God's sakes. Yeah, well, it's somebody's daughter, even if she's not playing a dead body. Either way. Yeah, well... And, and, and you know what, if, a, if an actress is choosing to be naked on film, I'm all for that. If, a, if, a, if I find out an actress was coerced into doing something on film, I think it's disgusting. So that's just, and you know, maybe I, okay, maybe so I should. Night of the Demons, this. would you say her, when, when we get a Alice ass flash on screen, would you say that would be okay or not? I don't know. Was she coerced? Remember, she didn't want to do nudity, and she was she talked into it because nudity, you're I, doing an eighties horror. I need to have some. I need to have some skin on there. So she agreed to flash her ass instead of being topless, like he well, wanted. If if she agreed that to it, still and you know, it hasn't like haunted her for the rest of her life, and it's not like a, some horrible memory for her, then you know that's one thing. But if, if it's like you know. I mean, coercion is still technically convincing someone after they've said. Yeah, no, you don't so. need to be haunted by it for it to not for for it to be like okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it shouldn't have happened. Well, remember, kids, consent is important. It is indeed, and cosplay is not consent because some people see cosplayers and they think, "Ooh, she's probably up for a good time. Look at how she's dressed." It's like, no, she's cosplaying, dipshit. That's my understanding. Okay, so what if she's cosplaying as a corpse and happens to be naked? She's someone's daughter. Okay, so if you're watching a movie, um, I don't know, that happens to have a scene in a strip club. Okay. Those are still someone's daughter. Indeed they are, and that sure is nice of them to be showing off their uh, their bodies on camera. But why is it not nice of them to show it off when it's painted to look dead? Because that's gross. Listen, there's a whole ass breed of like monster fuckers specifically out there, so it is what it is. I mean, I, I can say I yes, that, if it was like an actual zombie, corpse, that's form. a different thing. Monster fuckers? Is that like a subgenre? Is it? Is that like a fan base or something? Is that like an anime fan base or subgenre? Yeah, I, I think they're really into no. tentacle porn. No. <laughs> monster fuckers, people who want to fuck monsters. Oh. There are different tiers to monster fuckers. There's plenty. There's people who want to fuck Cthulhu. There's people who want to fuck zombies, and there's people who want to fuck skeletons. But that's what a whole ass. What other would define monster? She just said Cthulhu, monsters, or Cthulhu, skeletons. Well, yeah, but monster could be defined as, like, I'd say a giant could be a monster. Yes, technically, but also there is uh, levels uh, of monster fucking that we have discussed on based on um, how humanoid things are. Vampires, no. were- werewolves in a human form, very baseline, very meh. Yeah, that, and that's why I was asking what, what defines monster, because like attack of the 50-foot woman, she's just 50-foot Everyone woman. Everyone wanted to have sex with attack of the 50-foot woman, yeah. Yeah, sure. Not that some, not that a man could satisfy a fifty foot woman. Oh no, it would have to be like three guys all hugging each other at once and just okay. Now everyone jump. I mean, it, <laughs> Maybe it still wouldn't do it. No, Let's it's be real still here. I mean, she could maybe use the Eiffel Tower for some of the fun. I was gonna say, I think no offense, but men can barely do it. A man can barely do it on a normal basis. Yeah, I mean, maybe she could. Maybe she could go up the Statue of Liberty and uh, and you know do a little grinding. It's not really a so, torch. Statue of Liberty's hot. I'm just saying if it, if, if well, the remember Ghostbusters even asked, is she wearing anything underneath that toga? I bet she's hot under that toga. Yeah, but we're on the whole other movies, and again, not anywhere close to on topic. Um, no, I had a question about monster fuckers. Yeah. Now, 
All right. So I love it how like, I go a little off topic werewolf, and he yells at me like a like maniac. It's, and it's monster fucking if you're doing it with a human werewolf, but but it's it. It's, it depends on the type of werewolf. Because like what kind of were- werewolf are you? Are you looking at a, like a Twilight werewolf? Would they turn into like actual giant wolves? Nothing in Twilight should like count an, for anything. Uh, it's an easy comparison. First off, so fuck you. <laughs> Secondly, um, or are you looking at something more like in the underwood underworld series where they're like more human Up, based, like or even wolf. upright wolf, or even like um, in how they do it in like Harry Potter when Lupin transforms, where it's very much just a bald dog on two legs worst um, werewolf ever well you know someone's got to have mange <laughs> um i'm sorry so, there, I mean, there are worse werewolves out there but okay well yeah there's teen wolf well yeah that have too. you ever seen te- teen wolf heli i think i've seen the original movie once upon a time long time ago when i was a kid i didn't actually watch the tv show yeah i never had um, the first on one MTV is better than the point. second one that's but not that's just much. because Michael J. Fox is better than Bateman. Jason anyway. Bateman. But but is there it, are different tiers. To is the fucking. different tiers of werewolf as far as that goes? Is it based on the wolf they change into, or how they are when they're human? Both. It's complicated. Because I know, like there's some of them, simple. they'll Listen, be more animalistic as when human. When it comes to monster fucking, there's nothing simple when it comes to monster fucking. People are just weird. People want to bone skeletons. There's nothing. I mean, there's bones, but there's not the right kind of bone. But there's more holes. No, they don't. It's, <laughs> It's not mm. the people who need the holes. It's not. It's the people with the holes. Yeah. So you you know that there's a Ted Bundy dildo that's shaped like a human femur. Not surprised. Jesus, Grim. Well, you know she just went creep there. us all out. Why don't you? She went there, so I just followed. Yeah, but now I want to. Once again, I could go. She worse, was just talking so. about anime fans. <laughs> no, she was. She, she was. She just was talking monster about fucking monster fucking. Is not fucking. strictly anime fans. All right. Because no. people want to fuck eldritch beings all the time. And what do those eldritch beings have that are uh, that are distinctive to them as a possible sexual feature? Depends on the person. What does Cthulhu have fancy. on his face? Are we getting back into tentacle porn? Tentacles, that's right. And that is why Yurotsuka Doji needs to be <laughs> brought back onto a, into some sort of Blu-ray or DVD thing, because that is how it has affected our culture. It is it, that it is a huge, it, it, that is that it, it is an influential movie. You know what I you mean, just did? It, what? You either made it to where I have to leave this in this conversation because I have to leave it into the introduction or I have to cut it out of both. <laughs> Cause you just did a callback to something that I was going to try and cut out. Yuro Tsukidoji, if you're out there listening, is something we talked about earlier, is the grandfather of tentacle porn in what is known as henta in uh, Japanese animation. But you know what else? The skeletons what? that she was talking about don't have tentacles. They don't even have testicles. They're fucking skeletons. What does that no, have to do with Cthulhu? I know. She said she was talking about eldritch horrors. And I said eldritch horrors involve tentacles. Or I Not tried all to- of them. Not all of them, but Nyarlathotep, uh, I believe he, one of his forms is a is a creature with a di- giant tentacle for a head. You know, you know what else doesn't have to do with tentacles? This movie pieces. All right, <laughs> fine. We'll get back to the movie. Excuse me for being fascinated by monster fucking. Hey, you know that could be a like show it, in its own. We, just, I mean, we're, just, we're supposed like, to be talking about some other weird shit. So often we have a guest who has this valuable knowledge that we can actually talk to her about. 
And, I am and full of random ass knowledge. Whether it's good or bad knowledge is up to the uh, people to decide. I'm full of some knowledge. I, I can do that. Uh, uh, you want to kill somebody? This, here's how you kill them. You, you hang them upside down. You pour a teaspoon of water up their nose after you tape their mouth shut. They're dead. Nobody can trace well, them. Well, I got you, you go. both beat. I'm full of shit. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm that way after a heavy meal. So no. I don't remember. I, I know I said what I thought about that final jump scare. Did you guys say what you thought about it? Oh. It wasn't a you- jump. It wasn't really a jump scare. I thought it was just kind of like like a eyebrow raising moment of like, huh? But once again, uh, I don't have those parts, so that kind of thing doesn't affect me. Versus like any of the other things when it came to like the women being alone, being stalked and targeted, which is very much more of a real life scenario that me and many of my other female. Uh, friends have been through or know someone who has been through. Yeah, and that's, I will say, that is one of the reasons why I asked her to be on this because I watched this movie and I know you said that I would like it and I felt bad because there's no way I could really see myself sitting and talking about this movie without just completely shitting on it. So it's like, well, Uh I've... And I've said before, my process is I'll watch the movie and then I'll go and look for reactions or reviews or whatever I can find on YouTube. And I found one where the guy's watching and he's kind of laughing about things and the girl is like well you know it's a lot of what us women have to face and a lot of that fear is walking around at night alone or being in certain places alone things like that so it's like okay you know this might be one of those times like i had said way back when when we talked about what we wouldn't would and wouldn't do this was one of those times when i felt that in order to get a proper viewpoint of that perspective we needed to have someone with that perspective well fair up and i'm happy you brought a guest on ellie nice to meet you yeah it's um it's kind of weird in the sense that i don't feel like in a real life situation the dancer girl would have actually been that relieved to see um the person who is the killer but clearly she knows them i don't think she'd be nearly as relieved to see them especially if she's already got that like anxiety going from feeling like someone's there watching her well, you just found someone who's in the building with you. Even if there's someone that could be expected to be in the building with you, it does not necessarily mean you are safe because most women are actually targeted by people they know. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, on the other hand, and I'm not dis- I'm not disputing that that it that women go through these things in real life and uh, have to deal with that kind of fear. But on the other hand, then this is a horror movie that is supposed to be trying to evoke scares in the audience, and by evoking a realistic situation where women feel threatened in these situations, and that that isn't that the horror movie's job to creep the people out? Yeah. Yes, it would have probably done better if there weren't as many boom shots but <laughs> yeah well that's um, what i say it's a it's a trashy over the top completely balls to the wall movie. well another thing too is okay so when would you feel that you're at your most vulnerable when you're half dressed in a locker room or when you're walking around in the open and a lot of times it's like okay when you're like half dressed whatever when just in a situation like that you're more vulnerable because you're not expecting well i guess walking around in the open you're not really expecting it either but it's i think the i think one thing we say about the movie is uh the killer could strike any point any time in this movie is uh the the girl was lying there on the lawn in broad daylight and here comes guy with the chainsaw now she doesn't have a head and who did it only the shadow knows. 
And the, the killer did actually look like the shadow. Well, he was designed to look rhythm. like the shadow. Yes. That was such a ridiculous looking silhouette. Well, you know, well, the, if you can't the, figure out what to do, you make him look like the, the pictures on the neighborhood watch sign. Uh, just to go back to SpongeBob, it's the hash slinging slasher. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought I'd seen some SpongeBob episodes, but yeah. I grew up on SpongeBob. Okay. Now that explains your ADHD. Uh, no, that's hereditary. I know. But I'm I'm going to say, as of this point, anything after this, I'm not going to promise there's not going to be spoilers. So if you don't want any spoilers, stop now. Because there's some shit that we need to, to talk about. And there's no way you can talk about it without spoilers. Ah, uh, yes. My, my comment earlier about the, oh, I didn't really uh, notice that it, who the uh, actual killer was by the end of it until they really showed you who it was. I'm confused. Did you mean you figured it out and you knew who it no, was? No, no, I did not. Okay. No, she didn't right. figure it out until they just hit her in the face with it. Mm. Which is not normal. I'm pretty good at guessing things ahead of time. I'm well, usually re- really good with context clues for most things. Um, but it was a little bit of a hard watch for me to keep my brain on task. So it's quite possible. I miss things. I miss things all the time. I'll watch a movie and even though it's a mystery, I'm just waiting for the, okay, who did it? Who did it? And it's like, well, why don't you use your brain to figure it out? Screw that. I'm watching a movie. So I guess I'm the only one that, that knew. Uh, the, you're the only one who claims they knew. Well, as soon as I heard he was the only one, the only one with an English accent, it's like, okay, well, he's got to be the the kid grown up well it makes sense from you could say like because 40 years later well who's you know it's not going to be kindle well no it still could be oh i i actually thought it was an odd thing to be 40 years later but it could have been in relation to child of whatever that it could have been him just because he inserted himself so quickly into the investigation or a copycat or something yeah very much a um something killers do yes especially with the two different methods of killing yeah and he did it say that he it wanted could have to be been a, a protege it could have been a protege type story as well yeah and, especially with two different <coughs> modes of killing and he said he wanted to be a cop so that there's no reason why he couldn't in whatever he was reading stumbled across that case and decided oh well, you know let's kind of use that for inspiration in that case, it would have been in that case it would have been extremely narrative narratively interesting yeah sadly the writers didn't uh, put that much thought into it. Clearly, <laughs> no. They they, um, they they they're like boobs. Yeah, let's uh, let's put some boobs on the screen. It'll get butts in the seats. And you know, while we're at it, throw in some man meat just to please the girls too. And some kung fu because you want to pad it out and make your movie longer. And a shit ton of blood. That was from a slaughterhouse. That was from a slaughterhouse. The, the blood was real blood from a slaughterhouse. The guts were pig guts. The what they sliced through when they sliced through the tennis player was a real pig. Yes. That's kind uh, of interesting. Yeah, they put um, they put a little pair of sweatpants on this pig and sliced into it. That's another way to make bacon, I suppose. That's a, that also qualifies it for an old school sort of exploitation uh, thing because uh, the older school cheapy exploitation slasher kind of movies didn't have access to foam latex makeup shops. They had to well, go and buy entrails from slaughterhouses. Not only houses. that, but not a lot of it had been, you know, invented yet. No, a lot of it had. Oh, this was 1982. I mean, Tom Savini was active. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that they didn't have the capabilities of doing other things. I'm just saying that there are some things that they would do now that didn't even exist then. Well, 1982 was uh, kind of the peak of physical effects, you could almost say. It was was getting there. So I have to ask. Who are you asking? Both of you. (laughs) 
And I have a feeling you're going to be the main one because you like this movie. Um, I do. What do you like about this movie? I've said it many times. It's over the top. It's sleazy. It's gross. It's gruesome. It's funny. It's a uh, it's it's a guilty pleasure movie for when that you don't have that. You know, I don't feel that guilty over. It's uh, the acting's bad. The script is ridiculous. Uh, it's it's a movie that's so bad it's good, uh, and it uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, okay. I can agree with most of that statement. I just, I don't think it's my cup of tea when it comes down to it. Understandable. I, I can say I agree with most hey, of that as well. Grim here clearly hated everything about it. Uh, well, I, I can say I, I agree with most of that as well. I disagree with the so bad it's good. Um, I think it's so bad it's bad. Um, it possibly could be good, kind of like, like Flash Gordon is a so bad it's good, but it wasn't taking itself seriously like this does. This movie is taking itself itself seriously. It is trying to be a good slasher movie and failing. But the only thing I can think of to try and even make it good is a group of people laughing at it with you. And even then the movie is just going to be bad. And it's like, okay, now that we've done that, let's never do it again. Whereas Flash Hmm. Gordon, you can still do it again. I bought this on Blu-ray so I can watch it whenever I want, even when they take it off streaming. I found it on YouTube for free. Yeah. I keep hearing about that. No, um, I like my physical media. I like my. I mean, I definitely had to type in um, pieces movie, but yeah, I do. I I enjoy physical media. Um, I enjoy owning it, but I don't have the space for that kind of stuff. So, Mm. and it gets expensive. um, It does. Yes, that too. That's why I try not to be too much of a collector because I already have the ADHD hobby problem. Get partway in, then start on the next. Cross stitching, cross stitching the whole time we've been doing this. (laughs) What are you cross-stitching? Um, just little pins. Um, they're just little uh, rainbow hearts. I have two, 18 of them. She didn't do all 18 while we were recording this, though. No, I, I actually have been doing a color, every different color on each 18. Well, yeah, but what I mean I'm is like you. you didn't complete 18 of them while doing this. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. I'm almost done. Just to give some, some context to the time frame. <laughs> We've not been recording <laughs> long enough for her to complete 18. Uh, yet i do enjoy making cross stitch pins though i've made a few for my friends and stuff uh generally taking pixel art and just converting it to the squares you can market them as uh, nfps like non-fungible uh, pins if they're based on pixel art it was a bad joke <laughs> yeah is it like the plastic canvas it was it was a pretty yeah it's a pra- uh, plastic uh i don't remember what the size is it's like 18 or something yeah my aunt well she used to she doesn't really anymore because you know the brain's not there um but she used to do a lot of plastic canvas stuff too yeah i just uh learned it from one of those facebook groups someone posted it and i was like how do you do that because i it it struck it hit me hard that's the problem with that adhd group crafting group is you get ideas mm-hmm. and crafting is expensive tell me about it like i, I know have... how to make stamps I have bins of yarn. I have a lot of felt to do felting. I have stuff to do soaps, liquid soaps, as well as hard soaps. Uh, yeah. One day I'll have my little crafting business with my friend of my hobbies as hobbies. Is that the name of your? That's going to be the name of your crafting place. Yeah, that's the joke. You should add that part out, or someone will steal my the hobbies idea. Hobbies. I can do whatever I'm I want. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think we should come up with some nice little pixel type art for for the show and have her do something with that. Make us some 
some pins with with our shows. Oh, see, he finds a friend who's crafty, and he just tells her to make money off of for it. Make money for me, honey. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. That's cute. It's like like I wouldn't charge him. All right then. I, I wasn't going there with it. I'm just saying I, <laughs> I think we should ever do it. I I've already have con- I've already had conversations with her and someone else about doing different things for this or YouTube or whatever and be like, look, so this is this is a situation. If it gets used to where it's any merchandising or whatever and selling, you will get money from that. I, I've been open about all that. Hmm. Yeah, well, we need to have people I'm listen. just teasing mostly. We need to get the website up and running. That means we have to follow some directions about the website. I'm not good at following from, directions. Well, neither I am I, but we have to. <laughs> I can follow directions. There is content Sometimes. on the website they need from us. So, so I've been told. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm not going to ask about change right yet, but what is one thing in the movie that you just absolutely hate? Something that's like, oh, I wish they wouldn't. They would have just completely eliminated this. Rubber knife. You don't like the cardboard knife? Was it That's, cardboard? I thought it was rubber. Um, from what I heard, it was cardboard. Oh. The chrome spray painted cardboard. I'm not necessarily sure because uh, I think, like, I mean, personally, like, I don't need to see that many boobs um, in a movie. But uh, I feel we like we saw three pairs. It's a lot. It was three minutes worth of boobs is still three minutes worth of boobs well but, but they were all nice i didn't boobs. i didn't i guess um but also like i didn't really care about the guy's nudity either like i didn't really want to see a dick either so it doesn't really matter in that in that sense uh i don't feel like it added anything nor it would take away anything if you took it away uh personally narratively i wish they would have just stuck to one killing method because uh i feel like a chainsaw versus a st- general stabbing is very two very different killing methods that invoke two very different feelings um, from like a killer in the sense. Because as most people say, like stabbing someone is very personal and very difficult. While now a chainsaw is up close and could be considered personal, it is a much easier thing to do. Okay, versus what stabbing, if, which takes a lot of effort. Would it have made more sense then if all the stab killings would have happened after the pool killing? Because the pool killing is when they found the bloody chainsaw. And then they still had chainsaw killings after that. Yeah, so it it would have been more uh, devolving. Like I said, I like true crime. And I think it would have made more sense. I like a lot of criminal minds too and stuff like that. Um, But it would have made sense also with the devolving of like taking pieces and stuff. And especially without the, technically the chainsaw should have been evidence. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like if, if the chainsaw killings stop, when the pool killing happened. So it's like, okay, well, he doesn't have his chainsaw anymore. He had to buy a new one, I guess. Well, speaking of buying new ones, I think it's time for for another little sponsor spot. Sponsor spot? Have you always wanted to go to a Boston college, but were afraid your lack of a Boston accent would make you stand out? Have you always wanted to be a cop, but couldn't be bothered with all that pesky training? We always wanted to be a part of something big, a piece of a greater puzzle. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then call and enroll today. 1-800-4-PIECES. That's 1-800-474-3237. Well, that was rather macabre. <laughs> That's fair. But Fairly clever there. At least this one got more of a reaction from you than the Killer Clowns one. You at least have had a like a smirk on your face listening. This one, Killer Clowns, it was like a stone face. Like, okay. 
I was I was depressed that week. How, um, how can you be depressed with killer clowns? I've seen this movie so many times. Just another moment in my life that's never going to come back. That's how I feel about this, and I've watched it once. I've seen these clowns. Um, Listen to the commentary for the clowns. That's my depressed voice. I think it sounds pretty good. I couldn't tell the difference. You sounded like you were trying to be in one of those <laughs> See, old black and white cop dramas. It's like an red- old noir yeah. detective the girl movie. walked in. And I knew she was trouble the moment I set eyes on her. Exactly. Good thing I had my forty-five in the drawer. Yeah, I still can't tell the bottle difference. bottle of scotch and the one under that. Stuff like that. Yeah. It could also be the, I am the knight. Joker is out there. <laughs> Okay, really so yeah, no, nope. I am the knight. Joker is no, out your there. your voice yeah. is not deep enough. Oh, dang it! <laughs> I'll never be Batman. No, not without a voice modulator. Kevin Conroy was the greatest, best anyway. No one could, no one could be Batman except him. Michael Keaton. Michael, Kevin Conroy did the, did it more consistently over a longer period of time. I don't care. Michael Keaton was still a good Batman. Christian Bale wasn't bad. I, I prefer Michael Keaton, but that was a whole okay, different style right. of Batman. All right. Well, what did so what, what did, would you what did, change about the movie? I was just about to say, what would you change? I think we should wait on mine because, like I said, I got pages. So I, starting. Starting with the man himself that likes this movie, so it should be the least amount of changes, what would you change? I would have, okay, if if, I, if we were going to make it a proper movie, there would have been an actual police drama, would have made, it would have been a little more like, okay, like, let's say this is a bad movie, and let's say Seven, the movie Seven by David Fincher, that's, that's like the ideal that this movie should have aspired to when they were writing it. Okay, so, I'm, I'm good with that. It, let's say this is a bad movie, I, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's a bad. Movie. <laughs> You're right. Maybe it's not so good. It's bad, but it's a, it's a bad movie that could be enjoyed for being a bad movie. Okay, that's all I'm saying. All right. And it's it, it, maybe uh, just a smarter script. Okay, it, that that would have helped it be taken. Uh, it could have the audience could have taken it a little more seriously. And it, I mean, there's a lot of problems with the movie. I mean, the nudity is clearly exploitative and gratuitous. It's but uh, on on another hand, I mean, it's, that's part of what they were going for with this movie. So, I mean, if you like, what would you change about the movie? In a, in a sense, you could change everything about the movie and it would make it, everything would make it a better movie. But, <laughs> but why would you? Cause it, it, it's just, it's, it's its own crappy little gem the way it is. Okay. I would fix the rubber knife or cardboard knife as it were. So that's, that's your change is just the knife. Uh, cardboard knife. Maybe, uh, um, let's see. Um, not even like, switch it so that the last chainsaw kill is the one where they found the chainsaw that would make a lot more sense yeah maybe it would have been better if like maybe i don't know the chain broke or something and like they found a chainsaw link i always heard that chainsaws jam up if you try to use them on actual human bodies probably i don't know well you do tend to get things that get stuck in places but i think it also depends on the power of the chainsaw well i mean it's like if if the chainsaw is is cutting through flesh it's gonna it's gonna cut through entrails that are gonna come out as like you know solid bits well, depending of, on where you cut you know of you know cellular walls that are being pulverized by the saw and that's gonna and the saw is going to drag pieces of of human flesh and entrail and, and blood vessels and if it gets deep enough bone it's going to drag this material into you know with it al- along the blade and back into the engine mm-hmm. which is why i said it depends on clog. how strong it is on how much it would jam up that would have to be a pretty strong chainsaw not to. This movie throws logic out the window. So, I mean, it is what it is. Okay. 
So that's yours. Next. I thought I said I thought I said mine. I, I think what you yeah. would change. Yeah. The um just changing the kills to make a little bit more sense. Just because the kill uh the kill phases seemed all over the place. Oh God, he actually has pages. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. He told me about that when we were talking about it the okay. first time. Uh, oh, I'm gonna after watching this movie in five minutes, I had four pages of notes. Uh, I've condensed. I'm gonna it. need to go to the bathroom real quick, <laughs> and then we'll come back and hear the, all those notes. Uh, okay. All right. Be right back. Um. So are we ready for my notes? Yes. Um, all quite a bit of them. Um, okay. So to start with, there's a few things I, I want to, to be clear on. First of all, when, when you're making a movie and you're making a movie when you're high, not everything you do needs to be put on screen. <laughs> Hence, get the fucking jump scare out of the movie. That final jump scare needs to go. But it had a mangled dick. No, it didn't. It had, yeah, it did. it had bloody pants. And a fucked up hand. There was a popping noise. Yeah. When she squeezed his testicles and it sounded like his balls popping, but it didn't have a mangled dick. We had sounds. She mangled the hell out of that pants. That dick was mangled. But my notes are based on two things. The man horror was punished. Okay. Anyway, my, my, my notes are based on two things. One is if you're going to do this movie as a remake and two is, are you just going to re-edit this movie? Um, and if you do it as a remake, are you doing it as a true remake or are you going to change things? You know, sometimes remakes, they'll, they'll go a little way and then they'll make it their own. So to start with the, the shots of the boy killing his mom in the beginning, get rid of them. Well, not get rid of them, move them. Take those shots of him killing his mom out. The initial her getting angry and everything. Okay. Sends him out of the room. Okay. Then you come back. He's in the closet covered in blood. Him killing her. You don't see. So it could have been somebody came in and did it. If you were going to do that, I would take out actually giving the time frame. I was just going to say possibly even removing the 40 years later. Okay. And then when the cop- If you're going to read these notes at this rate, the, we're going to be here for like three hours. You need to start just pounding through these things. Well, then stop interrupting. <laughs> Um, so that when the cop is talking about like, we need to go and after, at the end, when he, he calls and finds out, oh, well, he saw his mom get chopped up, cut that out too. And just be like, look, we got to go. I'll call the captain or whatever the fuck his position was. I'll call him from the car on the way, get rid of the explanation of, of the Dean and all that. Uh, the shot of them being at the door and shooting the lock off, get rid of that but keep the audio. You do you do a, a nice little J cut. And if you're not familiar with a J cut, basically it's when the, the audio from the previous scene is seen with the video from the next scene. So you see him in the apartment, you see him with the, the woman and you hear the gunshots from them shooting the lock. Hmm. So you don't necessarily know, okay, well, this is what's going on. You just hear the shots. The, him making the coffee, that first cup of coffee, Get rid of that. Her feeling weird after he gets a second cup and him saying something about the paralytic and everything, that's fine. But that first cup of coffee, we don't need to know that he poisoned it to begin with. We're still finding out too early what's going on. If you're going to make any changes and do it as a reshoot, possibly, you know, instead of just him and her talking, maybe he compliments her shoes. Just like, oh, I like your shoes or some some way around to like, what's your shoe size or something. Some Somewhere he's interested in her feet. So we know he's he needs new feet because the shoes, we know he's interested in her feet. But doing this as a remake with changes, I would have, he's interested in her feet. She's paralyzed. He's there. You hear the shots, like I said, with that cut. But then pull a silence of the lambs and have the cops be at the wrong house. And either when they walk in, they see the 
completed puzzle and maybe some more body parts and the rest of the place is completely empty or he like okay well the dean was another red herring and the dean's just some perv who has has a habit of drugging women and molesting them because he's in defeat and it's just a complete like it happens to be this so you're thinking that you hear the shots and it's like oh well this has got to be because there's a feet thing we're on feet now because of the puzzle nope it was somebody completely different so it was Kendall the whole time. Him or maybe one of the other cops or somebody. It could have been that one or student Willard. that had that weird mask on. That was uh, Myron Schwartz, a.k.a. Step. Uh, a.k.a. Uh, the uh, other crappy goggles. character in this movie. A very random the other character, character that I didn't feel like added anything. Yeah. I thought he was cool. I thought he was funny. And he was a punk. He had a cool blue jean jacket with uh, studs on the back. Uh, okay. Just, anyway. That doesn't, that doesn't make him punk. <laughs> No. He tried to be a punk. But yeah, like I said, if you're going to do a remake and change things, that's that's what I would do. Is like I would have the Dean be a red herring. It was somebody else. The Dean is just a skeevy guy that's in defeat. And it just happened to be timed to where we think that's what's going on. So if you're if you're playing this all out like normal, or not playing out like normal, if you're just doing a complete re-edit of this, you take him killing the mom, the scenes of that out. You take the 40 years out. You take the audio from him explaining the Dean out. You move them all to the end. They show up. They end up killing the Dean. They're like, what the fuck was even going on? Then they find the puzzle. And finding the puzzle is, instead of him just saying, oh yeah, look at this, you have the audio of him talking about the finding the mom or seeing the mom chopped up with flashes of him killing the mom. You get all that information after the Dean's already been killed. So it's not until the end of the movie that we find out, no, it wasn't some guy that broke into this house like the kid said when they found him in the closet. It was him the whole time. I would be okay. Well, who's gonna? How are we gonna get a flashback there after the knee's dead? It's an explanation type flashback since you take all of that out of the beginning. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. Oh, told. How would they solve it? How would they solve it then and there with the Dean? I mean, how would they, like, how would they solve the mom's murder there? It could be a simple, okay, we, we found this bloody puzzle. He saw his mom chopped up and that, or whatever. And you get that explanation. And then instead of having the scene of the Franken whore grabbing the dude's crotch, you get somebody talking about, yeah, so we just got the prints back that were on that bloody puzzle. And it happens to be his. And that's when they figure out he chopped him up, chopped his mom up. It's her blood with his fingerprints. I mean, it could be as simple as that. But keeping mm. that whole thing about about him being the one that did it, keeping all or, of that out of the beginning and throwing it at the end, it keeps the suspense throughout the whole movie. Or there's there's three sets of fingerprints or, or multiple sets of fingerprints on the puzzle. And uh, they their puzzle is like, the, uh, no pun intended, that they're stymied as to who has all been touching this puzzle and why it's so bloody. And then they find out, oh, it's the same set of fingerprints at different ages. That could be too. Yeah. And it's like, uh, or it's like, okay, these are his fingerprints and it's his mom's blood. And then there's more of his bloody fingerprints, but all of those fingerprints, all of that blood is blood from the different victims in this movie. There you go. But like I said, it keeps the suspense till the end. It doesn't just throw it out there in the very beginning. Say, okay, here's what it is. And then has this weird shit. That's like, what the fuck am I watching? I would definitely not have five minutes and 49 seconds of marching band on a loop. Yes. I, I like the movie, but I find that annoying. And yes, it's five minutes and 49 seconds. I looked at the time exactly when it started and exactly when it ended. It is 11 seconds shy of being a six minute marching band loop. Yes, it's no fun. No, but yeah, that's what, that's what I would change. Okay. To keep it short. And I, well, I've said, and if I didn't say it before, which I know I have, get rid of the bullshit final jump scare. I like the jump scare. 
It has no reason whatsoever. There's no it's reason it should have happened. Uh, 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 people have explained it. He it's may, the man, uh, the he man may have been the getting man his more, but it didn't seem like he was like actively cheating on anyone. Seems like most of those women were actively seeking him out to begin with. Well, not only that, but it was pieces of various people stitched together. There was no reason it should have moved. It moved because it's clown. No, wrong movie. Yeah. You can't there have a, clowns they're clowns, the that's scenes. why. This is, it's a shit movie, that's why. Made by clowns. I, I wonder. Skeevy clowns, not killer clowns from outer space. Skeevy clowns from all over the place. Spain, Portugal, Italy. Exactly. America. New York. It was a crowd pleaser on the 42nd Street Mart, you know, drive-ins. Okay. So, yeah, that that's that was that was my condensed list. All right. Phew. I thought you were going to, like, go down, like, four. I, th- I thought you had, like, a seven notebook there or something that you were going to, like, start, have to read, like, you know, 400 points of problems off or something. I, like I said, I have... I had four pages in five minutes and could okay. have kept going, and then I condensed that down. Well, uh, you will be happy to know that uh, the director, J.P. Simone, did not uh, go on to any great things because, he, um, yeah, uh, this was his biggest hit. Yeah, and they actually had talked about doing a sequel to this for some reason. Um, well, they were all, they always talk about doing sequels. Oh, no, this one actually um, they were going to do, and there's some kind of licensing thing so people can't do a sequel to this because it's – it's all it's like it's they've got it covered so no one else can steal it hmm. but yeah i don't know why all right are there any other points that anyone would like to make about the film that uh, we have not mentioned I, I seriously i do feel bad because i i know you like it and i have not once made any attempt to try to sound like i liked it ah, um i forgive you but it just makes me wonder do i now try and dig something out to to make you sit and torture you the same way or do i say okay well that was that was a miss for me let's move on and i think both sound fun (laughs) do your worst don't tempt him remember you have made it clear you don't like musicals I do and own you do cats. like musicals. <laughs> and not the movie, ver- like, like this fucked up recent movie version. It is the Broadway version, the Broadway I believe. Re- live recording? Yes. Hey, all right, look. One of the rules we have is we have to, uh, these have to be accessible movies that we can watch on Prime Video or we have in our collections or something. Now, I'm, I'm not going to spend 80 bucks trying to dig up a Broadway taping of cats. I can make it accessible. And it's probably on PBS. <laughs> pbs.org you see that on pbs.org and you just feel like go oh, there it's like yeah this is the january 1987 premiere of uh well okay i can always Cats. go with something that's more accessible and phantom of the opera phantom of the opera might be fascinating because of the because of uh how the phantom is a, a a universal monster oh i wouldn't go that far back no the phantom does not count in monster fucking i would hope not <laughs> i don't think he would necessarily be a monster though would he He's oh, he's a monster. deformed he's human. I mean, he's a monster, but not a monster. Yeah, deformed human isn't necessarily monster. No. no. But again, His that goes back to what I said though. before, or what I asked before, define monster. I don't really have a, a great grasp of the Phantom's personality. The The silent film version of it is, uh, I've, I've tried to sit through the silent film version of it, and I've never really made it through. And uh, the, the only Phantom of the Opera version I've ever sat through the whole way was uh, the Robert England version. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be that nice. The Phantom of the Opera ended up being one of those movies my brother obsessed with as a child, so along with Finding Nemo. Ah, Finding Nemo is a classic. Oh, I mean, he's a teenager, so. Okay. It's for all ages. 
he was obsessed with Finding Nemo, and he was also obsessed with watching Phantom of the Opera. The Gerard Butler version of the musical? The movie version, whatever the movie version is. I'm not good with names. Yeah, but- I'm a terrible with oh. names. So is Rin. I think I window yeah. in how bad I am with names. Was, yeah, uh, I just make them up. He does make up names. I, I mean in the sense of you could say the name of a person, and I'm not going to be able to connect the dots very well. Ryan Reynolds. That doesn't count. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Hugh Jackman. Hey, we've already established that I'm into the action stuff. Of course I want to know who they are. D. Wallace. Don't know who that is. I think for you, the most likely that you would know D. Wallace would be the mom from E.T. I can't even put a face to that because I haven't seen E.T. since I was little. I mean, she's she's done a ton of stuff. I was just, as far as the things off the top of my head, is a lot of horror. So I was trying to think of something that wasn't horror. That She was in Cujo. She was in The Howling. She was in, uh, yeah, oh, see, I can't even name stuff <laughs> that some movies. people are in unless I actually like the actors super, super well known. And I like, I actually like the stuff they're in. Alan Rick. Professor Snape. Yeah, obviously. Okay. That's the easiest to go to. Professor Snape or Hans Gruber. The easiest ones for for Alan Rickman. And yet he's done or he did a lot of great things. Sadly, Alan Rickman is gone. Yes. But the train is coming to a stop. I think. And it's time to say goodbye here in the movie car. I'd like to thank our very special guest, Heli. Uh, it was great having uh, another voice here to give us a different perspective on this movie. And someone that, you know, when you say something halfway funny, will laugh and not look at you like you're a moron. I mean, I can do both. I don't. Well, I don't yeah, I've noticed you like you, you've done moron. both. A lot of times I've said things and it's like, okay, maybe that didn't come off as well as I hoped. Yes. Because, you know, I I've said a, it before, I'll say it again. I'm the moron of the group. I, I've never thought you came off as a moron at any point. You ever watch Freakazoid? Uh, a few times. You, you remember the character, the, the space alien that would come down and say, I am boron. Yeah. And, at one point, they even said, is he saying boron or moron? Because the way he said it, and it sounds like sometimes he's saying boron, other times he's saying moron. I don't remember that character. I only saw like one episode of Freakazoid, and it was like the first episode, and I saw it like five times. Oh, shame. Vague memories. Yeah. It wasn't as good as The Tick, though. Whenever whenever I caught Freakazoid, I was like, oh, this is a good show. Oh, it's that episode again. I would just sit, and like, I'd find it online or on some streaming service and just watch them all. Yeah, I've done that with The Tick, too. But, yeah, and uh, then a Tick, of course, is the Midnight Bomber, What Bombs at Midnight. Yeah, midnight, yeah, yeah. The, the evil Midnight Bomber, What Bombs at Midnight. That's the best character, The Tick. Yeah. I said, what are you going to do with those bombs, baby? I'm coming for you, mama. You just talked to himself and he came up with all that crazy yeah, that, crap. It was a great rant in a restroom. Yeah. And then like uh, in the same episode, yeah, he's at the superhero bar and he's going to kill all the superheroes and they have the sidekicks lounge and Arthur has to sit in the sidekicks lounge. I just, now, it, like a, a, now it just makes me wish that the Tick live action show would have been even half as good as the animated. The animated show uh, was always too much was, obsession was the, with making everything out of making a live action of everything. Well, I think who they casted as the Tick for live action was good casting. I just think that the writing wasn't quite there and they decided to change the characters too much. I, I thought it was pretty good for what it was. Uh, I, I don't know how they, I don't know. If well, they changed American Maid and they changed Deflator Mouse. They changed that in every iteration for some reason. It's like the live TV series with uh, when they when they made a live TV on Fox with Patrick Warburton, they changed Deflator Mouse to Batman well. And it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I'm and saying. It's like every time they every time they come up with a, every time they do a, a different tick reboot, they they change the names of American Maid and Deflator Mouse. I don't know why. And they leave out Sewer Urchin. Sewer Urchin was a hero. I love Sewer Urchin. Okay. Helly, do you know who Sewer Urchin is? Nope, I've never seen the tick. Oh. He had a giant okay. urchin on well, his head. Well, we're kind of completely in the dark. 
It's a it's a fun show. It's on Tubi or something. You can check it out. Yeah, it is. The cartoon is it is kind of fun. It, it's, what, it's a nineties kind of fun. It was probably the kind of the same time as like the X Men nineties X Men cartoon and animated yeah. Batman. Ugh, Batman animated series is the best. Yeah, it was all around that yes, same time. Mark Hamill is Joker, classic. Kevin Conroy is Batman, amazing. Did you guys you have, know who played Catwoman? What you know who you know who did the voice of Catwoman? Catwoman on uh, Batman the animated series. Wasn't there more than one? No, it was Adrienne Barbeau. I thought somebody else did. Uh, there was like two or three episodes that someone else did it. I thought. Oh, I have no idea. I mean, it wasn't as bad as like Julie Newmar and Eartha Kitt. That kind of like. More than one, but I think I, I could have sworn that was someone that did just a couple episodes. Eartha Kitt ruled as as Catwoman. I like. Julie I don't know Newmar if you ever better. seen any of her cat. What I like Julie Newmar better. Okay, well, Julie Newmar was like sassy Catwoman. Like Eartha Kitt was scary Catwoman. Eartha Kitt was like dangerous Catwoman who is going to rip Batman's face off. And see, that, that's I that, think why I like the more sassy, sexy one rather than the dangerous rip your face off one. Well, I, I thought I well. And Either she way, filled out the, cat, the, kid the cat, cat suit a lot better too. I thought. But we're trying not me. to be sexist. We have a lady guest on the show. You know how so, often I've been trying to tell, like. You I do realize we just had her sit through a movie full of naked women, and we're just talking about somebody in costume. And we're going to talk about how they fill out the costumes, talk about Batgirl. I was like, shouldn't it just be if she's scary? Shouldn't it just be as uh, mark me down as scared and horny? I didn't get that exactly. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, it was Catwoman. Yeah. Eartha Kitt is Catwoman. Yeah. I don't know, something about Eartha Kitt. I think it was like the line delivery. Something that just I. I love that she would roll her arm like a cat yeah we are coming for you batman or something okay so there weren't any r's in that sentence we are coming there, there's an r and we are yeah i got that okay <laughs> I, I can't excuse me i can't do an earth a kid impression well thanks for not really trying um but anyway we are coming for you batman or something like that she had a very distinctive voice yeah i still think but we Julie hope everyone Newmar out there in, in the podcast classroom. land was <laughs> able to gain a little bit of new appreciation for pieces or a little new hatred for pieces uh if you were on the side of grim throughout well, the entire thing like i said before my process is i'll watch the movie and then i go watch it again the 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 day we do the the recording watch it a few times and also look for reactions or reviews or whatever i watched this once and that was enough i looked for i did look for reactions and reviews just to try and get a different viewpoint hoping that somebody else liked it um i did find one review where the guy's like oh no this movie's great but the reason he thought it was so great was because the movie was such utter shit and he said no this is a horrible movie that's why i like it it was a product of its time and place where it was just cheap thrills thrown on the screen it was cheap something thrown on the screen <laughs> fair enough but thanks to everyone who listened and downloaded we love all of you uh thanks to our mutual friend uh or friends as it were since uh we were able to gain a special guest uh through another mutual friend. yeah and hopefully uh, she's willing to do this again and, oh, and sit man, through some more know. torturous movies i don't know yeah i mean we put it we will try and pick better movies yeah we've we've covered better movies one of them was an alfred hitchcock everybody loves alfred hitchcock to be fair i can't actually name his movies off the top of my head so psycho vertigo rear window never uh, seen any of them rear window north by northwest strangers on Topaz. a train never seen any of them strangers on trains <laughs> When we did. Rope. Hey, I listened to your episode about it. I haven't watched it. So you don't need oh, to watch it then. We <sighs> Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, we, we spoiled the whole thing.
I think so far yeah, the only thing I've seen is we actually um, thought about spoilers. The only thing I've seen is the fifth element. But you did say you're interested in watching Bubba Hotep because of our episode. Yes. So hey, what do you know? Somebody's wanting to see a movie based on on one of our episodes. We're doing the job. And guess what? That's, it's it's one that, that I led, so that's one point for me. You got some catching up to do. Oh, don't toot your horn too hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta toot it when I can because no one else will. That's true. Was that a masturbation joke? Take it however you want. Okay. I, I wasn't going that way with it, but sure. <laughs> if you want to go that way, Mr. Tentacle Porn. I was just being mean. <laughs> I'm not into tentacle porn. Are you sure? Okay. <laughs> You're just the one that keeps Pretty bringing sure. it up. I, I, it, it's a, excuse me if it keeps popping up. All right. I'm not a freak. I'm just ahead of the curve. All right. That's all. That's a simple fact. All my friends. Like, ahead of the, I, I so so like, you think that means that tentacle porn is going to be a big thing and you just are beating everybody to the craze? A big thing. Okay. You, do you know what tentacle porn is? Oh, I know what it is, but you said you're ahead okay, of the curve. And, and Helly, you know what tentacle porn is? Yes. Okay. Then it's a big thing. Sorry. There, we're three strangers and we're together and uh, I can say tentacle porn and both of you know exactly yes, what I'm talking about. Yes, but how are you ahead of the so, curve? That implies that you were into it before anyone else was. So it's like, okay, this is going to be a big thing. I just right. know it. So so wait, I was hold watching, on, hold on. I, I knew You're about a tentacle porn hipster. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I watched Yorosuke Doji, Legend of the Overfiend, back in like 2007 or something, and that was before the internet. So you know what? I, I yeah, I, I, I knew about tentacle porn for any of you losers. So you know it's existing well, longer than the internet. Child though. back then, so yeah, she's yeah. a little bit younger than we are. Either way, so the fact like is, I knew about tentacle porn. <laughs> I, I'm willing to. I, I'm, I'm the crazy freak who's willing to pop that weird movie in and watch it. That's what I am. I mean, like, what's this movie? It's the grossest thing you'll ever seen. I'm watching this. Thank you very much. Okay, what, but that doesn't really mean much because the grossest thing you've ever seen is probably different than like the grossest thing I've seen, the grossest thing she's seen. The grossest thing I've ever seen was a guy making love to a dead body in a movie and he sucked on the guy's, the dead body's decomposing eyeball. Listen, I grew up on the age of people telling you to Google blue what a blue waffle was and two girls, one cup. You were traumatized for breakfast. Pretty much. I never did those things because I'm not stupid, but... I don't think I've... I, to this day, I don't know what Blue Waffle is, so you win. Go ahead. Do it. No. Do it. He subjected no. us to his tentacle porn story. Go for it. I'm not Googling it myself. Oh, no. I'm telling her me, to I'm go ahead and fill him in on this one. Oh, no. I'm good. I'm going to cover the screen now. I'm good. Uh, but please like, subscribe, <laughs> comment, heart, Chicken star. <laughs> Tell your friends about us. Criticize. Maybe uh, comment and tell you tell me what I what a moron I am for liking pieces. And uh, tell us what you would change, Grandma. What? So tell us what you would change. Tell us what you would change. And for many people, that will be and, everything. Oh, and if you like it, tell Grandma why he sucks. Yeah. If you like this movie, <laughs> tell me why. Tell me what what is good about this movie. And I don't want to. Well, it's it's good because it's bad. I want explain why you like this because I don't understand it. But be good to each other out there. We're all stuck together in this crazy train and. We're we're all we have in here. So bye for now, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye.